And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Reineken, George Bremer here with you. As always, make sure you download, like, and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. So, George, a name we've talked about a lot on this podcast when it comes to the next head coach of the Colts has been Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Their season ended on Saturday. What was an insane, insane college football playoff game. Back and forth, TCU does knock out Michigan. So for the second year in a row, Michigan gets the college football playoff and does not win a game. And now, at least I don't know about yourself, George, but I was kind of wondering, is that one of those games that maybe will make Jim Harbaugh want to stay? When you get that close, when you had a game that most people were picking Michigan, I was picking Michigan to win that game, and you lose, you kind of wonder, is okay, is Jim Harbaugh going to think, eh, you know, I've got what I can, and now two years from we haven't made it, maybe it's just best for me to move on, I can't really, you know, get over the hump, or does that inspire him to say, so you know what, I'm, we're here, we're knocking, like that was just one to finish, I'm not leaving on that note. And it seems like, and instead, it's more like the the latter here, or the former, I should say, because the Athletic is reporting that basically it's a quote unquote, and they put it, done deal that Jim Harbor will go to the NFL if he uh, if he does get an offer. So I think we could put to bed at least the, the speculation, George, and the curiosity of actually whether Jim Harbor wants to be back in the NFL or whether he would leave Michigan uh, after the season. Seems like that's a resounding yes. Yeah, no, I mean that that seems to be the case right now. Um, yeah, I don't even know how much it has to do with Michigan. I, I get that that's the that's the context we have to put it in, uh, but I don't know if, if anything happened this season. You kind of touched on that earlier this year on on one of the earlier pods, uh, the idea that you know he interviewed with the Vikings last year, coming off a huge upset win over Ohio State in the first college football playoff appearance. So I'm not really sure anything season wise, up to and including winning the national title, was going to necessarily you know affect affect this decision. I think it's more about how close he was to winning a Super Bowl. You know, being in that game, coaching against your brother, uh, having one of the weirdest Super Bowls. You know, that that was the power outage year. Yeah, uh, just one of the most odd Super Bowls in history. Uh, and in coming up on the short end of that, I think that's what's driving this. Uh, you know, I think he wants to get back in in the league and prove that that he can win that ultimate prize. Um, I think most coaches, if they're being honest, that's probably what their number one goal is. Not Nick Saban, I would assume. Uh, being that's probably the next best thing is being the absolute king of college football. Although I guess uh, Kirby Smart might argue that that title right now. Uh, but you know, I think those if you're at that level uh, and you're winning national titles on a regular basis, uh, then you're probably not thinking about the NFL. But I think everybody else, if they're being honest, it's in the back of their mind. Could I go and and hoist that Lombardi Trophy? Could I win the biggest game there is? And it seems like you said, like that motivation to win a Super Bowl is even right now greater than that motivation to bring your alma mater a national title. Um, and it's interesting, too, because now there's already, at least according to ESPN, been a meeting between Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper and Harbaugh. So it seems like that interest obviously clearly is real and he is ready to, to kind of get back in the game here. So you look, at least as we enter the final regular season uh, week here, George, the three openings that are already, you know, already open, they fire the head coach. Obviously, we know the Colts are in that, the Broncos are in that, and the Panthers are in that. Let, for at least right now, before we kind of speculate uh, on which other possible jobs could be open, out of the three jobs that are right now actually open, and we know we'll be interested in Jim Harbaugh because there's been all, there's been some sort of connection slash interest for all three teams for, for Jim Harbaugh services. Where do the Colts rank out of that? Is it first, second, or third, would you say? It's really hard to say because I'm not sure what's most important to him right now. Uh, I think from a comfort level, the Colts are at the top because I think uh, he knows Jim Mersey. Obviously, we've talked about this several times on, on previous pods. He's got a pre-existing relationship with Jim Mersey. Uh, he knows the city. 
He knows the organization. He knows people in that building. You know, there, there's people who've been there back to his playing days. I think from that standpoint, he knows what he's, he, he would know what he's getting into here. It would be similar to when he went back to Michigan in terms of you're changing your environment and you're changing jobs, but you're coming back somewhere uh, where there's not going to be a lot of surprises. You know what I mean? And I do think this roster is uniquely built for him in terms of wanting a power running game, wanting to win with defense. You know, those pieces are either here or they're close. And I'm sure he would look at that and, and think that he can get them over the top in those areas. And I think you've looked at him, you know, he did a really good job in San Francisco with both Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. I don't think he would shy away from bringing a young quarterback along, uh, which is likely to happen with, with whatever first round pick the Colts end up with. So I think there's a lot of things from that area to like um, if, if you're Jim Harbaugh. But if money is is the, the bigger motivating factor, and I'm not sure, uh, I think both Denver and Carolina can offer more. Uh, Denver's got Walmart money now, you know, they, yeah. they, they've got oh, yeah. deep pockets. Uh, and I, we, David Tepper's shown us before that he's not afraid to, to, to spend big uh, and try to make a big splash. So I'm not surprised that he's already talked with Jim Harbaugh in that regard. I think from, you know, an on the field standpoint, I would feel better about Carolina than Denver uh, just because I think they're closer. They've got all their draft picks. They've got more cap space. You really, I think if you look at the Panthers, you're really just concerned with that quarterback spot. If you feel like you can fix that and maybe he feels like he can do for Sam Darnold what he did for Alex Smith. You know, Darnold had a, a decent finish to this year and maybe he feels like he can continue that momentum. And I think Carolina, just looking at the record and the way this year's gone, is closer than than any of the three teams uh, right now to being a playoff contender and to winning right away. Uh, and again, you know, I think both Carolina and Denver can offer substantially more money than the Colts will probably be able to put on the table. I would say out of the three, I'd put the Colts second right now, but it's actually funny. You have Carolina one. I would actually have Carolina third. Because, like, I think it's – so when you look – so, like, there are some advantages with the Panthers, right? I think they're – you can make arguments. This is what we saw this year. They're in the easiest division, right? Usually the AFC South has gotten that uh, moniker for a while. But, I mean, you look at the Bucks right now in first place and just clinching that division right now at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, That's a, a division you can say it's – you. I would say dramatically will not get better next season. So they're in an easier division. You're in an easier conference, right, in the NFC where you don't have to worry about Patrick Holmes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen – the NFC is wide open outside of the 49ers, who are looking great. And obviously, the Eagles are kind of coming back down earth as well without Jalen Hurts. Other than that, there's not a lot of teams that really scare you. So, and you have a money, uh, an owner, like you said, who has a ton of money in David Tepper. And after the, the failed experiment with Matt Rule, should be extra motivated to kind of get an experienced, successful head coach. So, you, I'm with you. I think money won't be a factor in terms of if Harbaugh wants the biggest bag, Tepper can absolutely give that to him. But you mentioned something before. I think that's why I would put Carolina third. And that's, it depends what Jim Harbaugh wants to do and how he wants to win. Because you look at his NFL tenure, the 49ers, the four years he was there. The 49ers, from 2011 to 2014, they were top five. Each of those four years, Harbaugh was there in Russia. You know, two, three, four. But basically, I think Jim Harbaugh showed you, even now you look at Michigan and the renaissance from Michigan these last two years, they are now back at the cultural bluff because of the running game, because of the trenches. And basically, they went back to being old grinded out, tough, physical football um, that Harbaugh had success with uh, in San Francisco. And he brought that to Michigan, and that's why two of the best years Michigan had kind of were these last two years when they reinvented themselves. So if I'm, I would project to think Jim Harbaugh is going to kind of favor going to a team 
that's able to run the ball and run the ball at a successful rate, which right now I look at Carolina, I don't see them with the offensive line and the running backs there able or, or being in the best position out of these three teams to do so. Obviously, the Colts, if they can figure out this offensive line, they should be the, the best out of the three in terms of running the ball efficiently. John Taylor still is a guy with a lot of talent. They Again, this offensive line, I think for me at this point, I would say this – I would say even the Colts team. I don't, would you agree with this, George? At least there's 17, 16 games so far. My conclusion is this. I think this team and this year has gone by the wayside more because of coaching than talent. Like, I still think they have talent on this roster. They're not – what are they, four – the stupid ties kill me. Four, 11, and one. They're not four, 11, and one because of what? lack of four, talent. 11. I think they're four, 11, and one for the most part because of awful coaching. So if you're Jim Harbaugh and you look at this roster saying they have talent or at least some talent and all, you know, the, the biggest thing is going to be instead of injection of young talent is going to be just a, a brand new coach philosophy – I think Jim Harbaugh could look at the Colts and say, okay, you know what, that's a, that's a decent spot. I would have the Broncos first, and that's obviously dependent upon how he views Russell Wilson. If, if, if Jim Harbaugh views someone, uh, Russell Wilson as someone who thinks, you know, I can actually get the best out of him, I can fix him, I think that's an attractive destination. Because if not, I mean, you're not going to go to somewhere where the quarterback can't be moved for at least two more years. Like, you look at Russell Wilson's contract, he's going nowhere next year, he's going nowhere the year after that. Maybe in 2025 you can get rid of him. But you no sensible head coach. Uh, and their right mind is going to go to a job and hit quarterback and say, okay, two years from now we're going to go there and, and you know, we're going to get rid of him. Then I can kind of start my actual, you know, build the team, my identity. If he likes Russell Wilson, he'll get, like I said, the Walmart money, he'll get a lot of money. This is a talented roster in terms of like they defensively, especially they're still a top 10 defense. Uh, Offense, I think they could improve a little bit, but they have talent there. Depending on how he views Russell Wilson would, would make me right now, assuming he likes him, I'll put Denver right now at number one. I think the other thing, though, that scares me from Denver is you don't have your draft picks. I mean, they're That's all gone to Seattle uh, because, of, because of this deal. And uh, not only are you married to Russell Wilson, but you've got it's, – it's hurting your cap situation. And you've got, you've got talent. Some of that talent's young. You're going to have to re-sign those guys as well. That, That's why I, I, I lean more towards Carolina, uh, just because I think you've got more resources in terms of you've got all your draft picks, you've got your money. But I think just this, this conversation shows you – how difficult it is if you're in Jim Harbaugh's shoes. I mean, it really is what you're looking at. If you're sitting down, like you said, if you're sitting there right now and you believe you can get Russell Wilson back to an MVP caliber quarterback, then you can win the Super Bowl in Denver with what they've got right now. Right. Uh, and, and if he believes that, then Denver absolutely has to be at the top of the list. Uh, you know, if you want the most bang for your buck moving forward, it's probably Carolina in terms of, you know, that owner is going to spend. If, if, if you go in there and you say, I want this free agent or that free agent. I don't think Tepper is going to flinch at any of that. They should have the cap space and the draft picks to do that. So I think you're going to get – he might have more control there as well. I don't know – not really sure what the general manager situation is there. Uh, but you've got George Payton, who's I think only in his second year in Denver. Uh, so I wouldn't think that, that Harbaugh would be able to come in and just run over him. Uh, and obviously Chris Ballard's here in Indy, so he might have the most control personnel-wise in, in, in Carolina. And again, Tepper's so desperate to make a splash that I don't think he'd hesitate to just hand it over to Harbaugh if that was a deal-breaker. Uh, uh, the Indianapolis side of things, I think it's familiarity. You know, How much do you want to come into a situation where you kind of can expect pretty much what you're going to get? You know, you, you know uh, what the fan base is like. You know what the roster is, is really, like you said, suited to him in a lot of ways. Uh, there's there's things that have to be fixed. I don't think we're going to sit here and right, pretend right. that's not the case. Uh, but you're not going to walk into a job as, as a new head coach and not have things that need to be fixed. 
you know, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati are not popping open. Right. You're going to have issues no matter where you go. Um, so I, I honestly think it's just what, you know, what flavor of ice cream does he prefer in this situation? What does he want to do? Which challenge does he feel like fits him best? I think one thing the Colts have going for them too over Carolina is this fact. When you look at the draft pick, right? Like if when you look at his success in San Francisco, it wasn't just the running game, or maybe I should say a part of the success for the run game was a quarterback, right? Colin Kaepernick was tremendous. And that kind of short time we went, they went from Alex Smith, they brought in Colin Kaepernick, went to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick, who was a guy that was a you know one of the first dual threat kind of guys who still have a lot of you know high level success in San Francisco. Then you go to Michigan last year with Kate McNamara, more of a pocket passer, game manager type, but then they made the switch this year to J.J. McCarthy, who's more of a dual threat runner. You saw even the cultural playoff game against CCU. Part of the comeback for Michigan was J.J. McCarthy using his legs, making some big runs. So it's safe to say Jim Harbaugh prefers, I would say, a mobile dual threat quarterback. And we'll see, obviously, where, where the Colts finish up. But they're going to have a higher draft pick than the Panthers, uh, no matter what, you know, what happens this weekend. And looking in the draft, even if Bryce Young is not there for the Colts, if you're Jim Harbaugh and you say, okay, I want to make my identity with a dual threat guy, we have Will Levis, you have Anthony Richardson. I don't, I'm still not going to buy that CJ Stroud is going to use his legs as much as he did in that cultural playoff game against Georgia. Cause that was, he had two years to do so. And outside of that game did not, you did not show it. Maybe this is him turning over a new leaf and realizing I want to be a successful NFL quarterback. I have to start running more. Maybe this is the transformation. I'm not going to bank on one game out of a two-year career being all of a sudden now he's turned the corner. But there are – my point is there's a, a plenty of dual threats high in the draft that the Colts could get that the Panthers, without trading up, will be unable to touch. So, again, that could help for the Colts, you know, factor of, hey, Jim, what kind of quarterback did you like? We can kind of, you know, cater our offense to which guy you like. It, it could help, you know, be a bigger uh, selling point. Said so you go to Carolina, unless you make a massive trade up, you're not going to probably get the number one quarterback you're looking for uh, with where they're going to be drafting. And I, honestly, I think that's the biggest selling point the Colts have is, you know, to be able to say, look, uh, you're going to pick fifth or sixth. Even if they win on Sunday and, and the Rams lose, they'll, they'll only fall to sixth. So, you know, worst case scenario, you're in five or six. Right now, you're the number two team in the draft that's likely to take a quarterback. We can't totally rule out Detroit or Seattle making that decision, but you're the, you're the number two team in the draft order right now uh, who quarterbacks at, at the obvious number one spot on your needs list. Um, and, and you've got the ability to move up. And we've been talking several times, several months now here, we've been talking about the opportunity for the Colts to move up in this draft. And if you're in that five or six spot going up to two or three, trading with a Chicago or Seattle uh, to get into one of those spots is not crazy. So I think that's the number one selling point from the Colts standpoint is exactly what you were just talking about, walking in there and telling Jim Harbaugh, hey, if you want one of these quarterbacks, you know, one of them's probably going to be off the board because Houston's going to take one of them. But if it, the other three, we can probably make that happen. You know, we've got the assets. We've got the resources. We can probably get you the one of the other three that you feel like you can win with the best. Let me ask you this question, George. You mentioned before about Carolina giving Jim Harbaugh full control and maybe Jim having, if that's what he kind of wants, we know like what, you know, partly what drove him out of San Francisco. Um, if he wants full control, let me ask you this. Would, would Jim Irsay grant that? We know he's made, you know, public statements in the past about Chris Ballard being the GM. If Jim Harbaugh said, I will come here and basically if you fire Chris Ballard and have me do both, do you think what Jim Irsay would do it? That's that's the big unknown to me. I don't know. That would be a really interesting question. And I think a lot of that goes back to one of the other conversations that we've had for a long time on this, Bob, which is 
how much has his behavior this this season affected that potential coaching candidate pool? If you feel like your options are Jim Harbaugh and then a deep, steep cliff, then you better do it. You better do whatever it takes to get him in here. Uh, but if you feel like you could win with several guys and you feel like you've got legitimately a lot of good options, uh, then I think it changes the math, you know, in, in your mind that way. Um, but I, that to me is the complete unknown. There, there's a couple really big sort of unanswerable questions in this situation. That one's really close to the top of the list. If, if there was an ultimatum, Jim Harbaugh or Chris Ballard, what will Jim Irsay do? That's a really good question. Uh, just the same way as, you know, if you're Jim Harbaugh, are, do you want the money that you can get in Denver or Carolina? Or do you want the roster that you can get in Indy? They're impossible to answer. Two people know that, Jim Irsay and, and Jim Harbaugh. Nobody else really has that answer. I would – this is a complete guess. I would say yes that Jim Harbaugh would get the control, and I think Jim Irsay would make the move of getting rid of Chris Ballard just, be, just because of how we've seen Jim Irsay's affinity for former players and obviously having Jim Harbaugh's name in the ring of honor. I think he would have more of a loyalty to Jim Harbaugh than he even would for – an outside, if you want to call him that, Chris Ballard, who you hired away from Kansas City. I just, well, with the way he is treated, and, and still to this day, and we'll talk about this here in the, in the final segment to close out the show, his affinity and continued push for Jeff Saturday being a legitimate candidate, even though your eyes, the scores, the numbers, everything about this team's and T's taking over would suggest otherwise. There's Jim Mercer still trying to tell you Jeff Saturday's a real candidate. He's the guy that we're going to take seriously and actually, you know, actually consider making the permanent coach. The way he treats and views former players, I just would think that he would have more loyalty towards Jim Harbaugh than even Chris Ballard, despite the fact Ballard's been there now for what six years, going on seven. So that that's that was just, again complete guess, but that's what I would say. It's a good educated guess, you know, and, and I wouldn't disagree with it. Um, I, I would also be interested to see in Harbaugh's situation: does he really want both positions? Does he want to be the head coach and the GM, or does he would he rather bring in a GM that that he wants to work with? You know, would would he want to bring in a guy? Uh, who would have that title, but who would be, you know, working hand in hand with him. I think that's another interesting situation for him. Uh, one that I think he would almost certainly get in Carolina. Uh, and I'm not as certain that that would happen in Denver. I'm almost certain it wouldn't happen in Denver with George Payton there. Uh, and here, you know, that, that, that's a really good question. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I, I know this, uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Next week's going to be a really interesting week with this organization, uh, and and that will undoubtedly be part of that equation. Without it, this is going to be. I wonder how fast this goes, because we saw what was it in late January? I believe it was the Vikings interview. Um, I think it was a national sign day, actually. Ironically enough, so maybe it was even February when the when the Vikings interview happened. So it's like that was it took a long time for for kind of Jim Harbaugh to even get one interview with the Vikings. I wonder now if there's seemingly more interest how fast it's going to go, but. Seems like it's going to be a sprint, George. That's going to, these next uh, this week is going to be very fascinating. Upcoming here to see the Harbaugh sweepstakes. If we get any leaks of which teams he's favoring, uh, which teams are you know interested in hiring him. One wild card I want to throw out here quickly. We just kind of talked about the the Broncos, Panthers, and Colts. One wild card that I think could trump all three of these teams really fast here if it comes open. I wonder if Tampa Bay, because I was uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports made an interesting point. Uh, on a podcast he had recently, was that if Tom Brady stays, which is a big if, right? Most people are saying he's going to go, maybe a small chance he stays. But he was mentioning if Tom Brady does actually leave, or stay in Tampa, I should say, excuse me, stay in Tampa, offensive changes are coming, or offensive coaching staff changes are coming. Maybe that means Todd Bowles, maybe that means Byron Leftwich. I wonder if you if you are Jim Harbaugh and Tom Brady sitting there in Tampa, 
if that kind of that little one or two year window trumps anything else right now that's open. I would. I mean, if if your goal is to win the Super Bowl, and that's what we're all assuming is the motivation here, uh, it's hard to imagine anything else. Yeah. Outside of just you know a, a gigantic paycheck, with Michigan's giving a pretty big one as it is, and I'm sure we'll continue to 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 give him raises. Uh, you know, if your goal is the Super Bowl and that's what's driving this, then I Tampa would have to jump to the right to the to the top of the list. Uh, because obviously you got Tom Brady, you've got a very winnable division. You can figure out some of the things that went wrong with that offense this year. Um, that's the one spot you could walk in and 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 conceivably be a Super Bowl contender in 2023. I don't think any of these other three three teams we're talking about realistically are you talking about going to the Super Bowl next year. Tampa, you could. That that's not a pipe dream at all. Totally agree. I totally agree. And I'm sure Tom Brady would welcome some semblance of a, a run game as well next year. Kind of take a little bit of pressure uh, off of him as well. So horrible watch is going to be in full effect. But at least now, according to reports, it seems like any speculation or any questions of if he actually would leave Michigan this offseason are put to bed. Again, the athletic reporting that it's a done deal, basically, quote unquote, that Jim Harbaugh will go to the NFL if offered. And obviously, as we know, he did have a conversation with the Panthers as well to kind of get that ball rolling. So Black Monday is going to be swift. We know three three job openings are already there for the taking for Jim Harbaugh between the Broncos, Colts, and Panthers. See whatever else opens up here. But it's going to be, it's going to be a, a fascinating race to see outside of Sean Payton, probably the, the hottest commodity maybe on the market. All right, when we return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod, speaking of the Colts head coaching candidacy, Again, you have Ian Rappaport before Sunday's game against the Giants say that Jim Irsay is pounding the table and says Jeff Saturday is an actual candidate. There's one thing we saw on Sunday that absolutely should make Jeff Saturday out of the head coach running. We'll tell you what that is when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.